So uh, I, we are passing out the elder nomination forms. I already saw some people quickly writing in the uh, names of our current elders. Is this on? I don't even know how loud I am. I'm just I'm very loud. I'm loud. Uh, yes. So we um, let me make sure this is up here working. It wasn't working for you, Braden, was it? Well, I was gonna. I had a joke ready about how I'm better than you, and it liked me. But that's not the case. Will you will you advance the slides for me? Uh, so the elder nomination forms uh, gone out. This is not a democracy. You're not voting and like the winners get the vote. We do have current elders. Uh, a while back, a, 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 I think it was the English government or Scottish, somebody decided that they, they, had, they had built this new boat and that they were going to let the public vote on what to name the boat. You always name the boat something interesting. St. Augustine's shipward bound. I don't know, some weird like boat name. And uh, they were going to name the boat, and they, they put it online, and they said, everyone just vote on what, what you're going to name the boat. And the vote came back overwhelming, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> and it, at that point, the government said, okay, well, the people are crazy, so we're going to move on. We still have elders. We still have <laughs> elders, so... If, Kermit the Frog's not going to be one of our elders. We have we we will discern this quite and and you you have three weeks now to pray over this. You don't have to fill it out. We do have a box in the back, a very ornate box, uh, fancy. You'll you'll spot it. It's real brown, got ninety degree edges and a hole in the top. You can put that in there today, or you can um, anyway. That, oh, there we go. It's on. So don't pick up another form. Now, one of the things I've, I forgot to do is there's a, not a place for your name. Write your name at the top of these. We want to know that you, this way you can't submit like eight things for Bodie McBoatface. Uh, we are, we don't, what I'm saying is we don't trust you to not be goofy. But so write your name there at the top, and then down here at the bottom, uh, we we do have the reminder that it says, "Do not forget, you must write the current elders' names down if you wish for them to continue as elders." Please do that for me. Um, I, I I love our elders, um, but it's also a good vote of confidence for you guys to say to them, "We will we we trust you guys. We want to follow you guys um, through this." And as a, as a church that is spread out geographically, you know, we have people who drive 35, 40 minutes to come here, to come church with us. And so it, hearing your opinion and your voice uh, matters to, to the eldership here. Um, okay, so. Oh, also, and that's not all the way on the board, but if, if you're going to be gone, you can mail it or you can email it. Uh, I set up this email address this morning, elders at Mineral Church dot com uh just you can send your name and your list there too as long as we can verify who you are if you have an email address like like loves the ocean 74 at hotmail.org like the, some 
like some weird address that we can't just quickly uh, sync up with your face. Remember to put like your name and like your number so we can just verify your identity uh, in this process and your credit card information. So this whole week, this whole month, we've been looking at a prayer for leaders, not just a prayer for the leaders that will come, but the prayer for leaders that we have, um, that we continue to pray for them. And I want to set up a, a, um, a regular reminder for you guys to pray for the leaders of our congregation. And not just that they be well, but that they be followers of Jesus, that they be led by the Spirit, and that they love the church. So those were our first three weeks. Followers of Jesus. That's the most important thing for me, for an elder, for a leader. Someone I want to follow is someone who's following Jesus. Someone I want to follow is someone who's led by the Spirit. Someone I want to follow is someone who is led, who loves the church enough to, as we looked at at 1 Timothy, to be above reproach, to be respected by outsiders, to know that whenever they are in public, they represent the church on a, on a different scale than the rest of us. I know that about myself, that I, you know, I typically don't want to tell people I'm a preacher. Because, like, it's hard to have a good conversation with someone after that. They want to tell you the preacher joke they've heard. They want to tell you that, I sometimes go to church. And they're like, man, I didn't ask. I just wanted to talk about the rangers. Now, I do want to talk about Jesus, but not in the context of some fake preacher person at Walmart relationship. But we represent the, the body, the kingdom of God when we go out into the world and the elders even more so. And so it's important that they love the church. But today, we're going to go to Titus. And Titus has a lot of the same, uh, same rules, regulations as Timothy. We hit one man, woman there, too, and that's translated a hundred different ways. Faithful to spouse, husband of one wife, husband of but one wife, the NIV says, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, a lot of buts there. Um, don't take that quote out of context. I just pictured someone chopping that out of the YouTube video and saying, here's what our Only I would do that. But, Today, I'm going to, from Titus, I think one of the most important things we know about leaders, just the best litmus test for a leader comes from Titus. And I'm going to look at it, and it's specifically um, leaders who lead. And we'll see what that means. I know it seems simple, but leaders who lead. Titus 1. I don't know why the fonts are messed up. I'm going to try not to be bothered by that. Um, but let's just go ahead and admit that I am, and then we'll move on. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness and the hope of eternal life, which God does not lie, a God who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. He's writing Titus, his friend, and which now this God... At his appointed season, he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of our God, our Savior. To Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus, uh, our Savior. Now, Titus lives on 
the island of Crete. C-R-E-T-E. If you're looking at the Mediterranean Sea, there's this long, long, thin island right in the middle. That's Crete. There's a smaller island called Cyprus, but there's a long, thin island on Crete. Have you ever heard the term Cretans? They're from Crete. Have you ever met a Cretan? You probably have, but in the, in the literal term, uh, in the figurative sense, but not in the actual sense. Because we, we call Cretans people who are just uncivilized, just people that you think, oh, that guy is a, is a creep, or a crazy person, or he's, he's, he has low morals, or he, he lies, he's just a monstrous human being, he's a Cretan. They earned that saying in Crete. Paul actually says in the book of Titus that the, the prophets, the own, the, pro, the own people in Crete say all Cretans are liars and they're scoundrels. And he says, and that's true. Every member, some of you grew up as a good kid. I was a good kid. My story's not super interesting. I, I, I didn't, I would go on to say that I probably didn't do all the right things for all the right reasons, but I was trying to do the right things. Don't go to parties. Don't listen to Metallica. Um, or Christian music. Uh, so, so there were some standards I had to live by, do the right thing. Go to college. Be shocked by the amount of people who do the wrong thing. I didn't grow up a Cretan. Some of you did. And you're here. Now, we have churches that are divided about, we're all following Jesus now, but we have churches that are divided about people who follow Jesus as young ones and people who didn't. Some of you have more interesting stories to tell than me. Now, in Crete, the church wasn't split at all. Everybody was horrible before they became a Christian. Before they became a Christian, everybody was horrible. Everyone had a past, and everyone knew each other's past. They all were bad people. Cretans were horrible. No one wanted to go to that island. And we all prayed and thanked, at that time, the gods that the Cretans were on Crete. So everyone were struggling with their old life seeping into their new life. And Paul writes Titus, someone he left there or sent there probably, and said, you take care of these people. And the first thing he tells them is, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Elder, here's he goes into the list here. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a, wo- a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's house, he must be blameless. Okay, so he uses two phrases here. He uses the word elder and then he uses the word overseer. Same thing. And the, the, the image he's trying to give you is that God is, This is God's house. It's not the elder's house. It's not Benjamin's house. It's not the deacon's house. It's not John's house. Nobody's in charge here but God. We are managing things on behalf of God. 
one of the things Cade said about his ministry this morning was that that we are that he, that God was there before he got there. And God is here before I got here and he'll be here when I'm when I am dead and gone. Both I don't know why we say it like that. If you're dead, you're gone. Yeah, granny's dead and here. When I'm dead. So, Benjamin. So there is, God's presence, the, the, the elders who are elders now won't be elders forever. The minister who's a minister now won't be a minister forever. But God will be rolling through history just like he always has. And we are managing it. We are called by God to watch it for him. And so he says, just like an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent. Notice those again are two there together. They associated drunkenness and violence. If you were drunk, you were also probably violent. Not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable. One who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. To this point, no one makes the cut all the time. Now, we, we can talk about, well, should they have kids or how, if, if, they, if he got divorced 25 years ago. We can, we can have those discussions and those are debates that people will have probably for the rest of time. But you wade out into the positive virtues here about hospitable, disciplined, self-controlled. At this point, you are going to be able to spot something in every man at their worst moment that they're not these things. We are not looking for perfect elders. We are not looking, even more specifically, we are not looking for elders who think they are perfect. One of my favorite things that our elders say to say to me on a regular basis. All three of them have said this in, in conversations over the phone, one point or another. I don't feel like I'm doing enough, but we're just going to keep on trying. All three of your elders right now think they could get better at being elders. And that, for me is a fantastic attribute of an elder. I I want ministers, members, elders, deacons, who think they can get better tomorrow at being ministers, elders, deacons, and members. I want people to recognize the space of improvement. I want people to recognize that I, I can grow Because you want to follow somebody who's growing ahead of you. So he tells them, I want men who are like this. Now, now here's here's the interesting part. Next, Next slide, he says, He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. Trustworthy message as it has been taught is not the whole of Scripture and every understanding of Scripture. It is Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. He died. He was buried. He was resurrected and he's king. 
That's the trustworthy message as it is in talk. So that he can encourage, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. We are asking preach or elders to lead the church. We are asking elders who are upright, who are blameless, to lead the church. And leaders who lead are so important to us because I, I was preaching a class, one, teaching a class one time. And it's the only time that I, I'm just, this is shocking, but this is the only time someone has stood up and yelled at me in the middle of a class. Um, I, was, I was in the middle of a point and a man walked in and sat down, heard half of what I said, got mad stood up and said, I can't believe you are saying this. And he ran, and everyone kind of, you know, as most people were half asleep anyway. And he he was, I mean, he just hammered. And so I just sat and listened to him. I think it's very important to listen to people when they're angry. It's mostly important not to yell back at them because that just starts stuff that's unnecessary. And he listened, and I said, okay, well, I, I hear you. Can I, do you mind if I respond to, to that? And he said, sure, go ahead. And I said, um, I, I think you missed the first half of my point. And it would clear up things a lot. He said, no, I know what you're trying to. At that point, one of our elders, a man named Neil, Neil Irvin, this was in Texas. Stood up, real quiet man. Uh, he walked in the room. He wasn't just, he wasn't the center of attention ever. Neil Irvin had never been the center of attention his whole life. Neil stood up and said, Sir, it's time to go. And the guy quit talking and walked out the door. I couldn't have gotten him to do that. I want leaders who, if you are struggling in your life, if you're sinning and you don't know it, or if you're doing a great thing and you haven't been encouraged, that when they tell you, you will hear it. That's why we look at things like blamelessness above reproach. When we, at, when we look, not perfect people, but people that you see are, are following Jesus, are led by the Spirit. You need somebody who when they come, when they come to you and say, I really, I really think you should tone this down a little bit. That you can hear it with love and that you'll listen. Who are the men in this room, in this church, who you will listen to? And a lot of that is just built on, they are, they are above reproach, they're blameless, they're, they, they, they're self-controlled, they're disciplined. And a lot of those guys are the ones that, like, they wouldn't have told you uh, aggressively without having thought it through. Um, there, there are men in this church that I just deeply care about what they say to me. It, 
their words move me. Um, and there have been times with this with this eldership that I've I've needed direction. And they've said to me, hey, Ben, you know I love you. Maybe we could do this instead of that. And I listened to the first, the second point, because the first point rings true. That their love for me, their love for the church, their love for God echoes in our community and in our congregation. And we don't just need leaders like that. You need to be shaping your life so that whenever you come to someone with something serious, they will listen to you. Blind people, don't let blind people lead them. It's a disaster. They need someone they trust. Someone who's going to take them down a path. Not someone who, who's perfect. It would be ridiculous for someone who needed guidance through a place. Someone who is vision impaired and they needed guidance through a place. And they would, they, they would take someone to come up to them and say, uh, hey, have you ever fallen ever before? Well, then I won't, ex- I won't accept a leader who's ever stumbled. Well, that person's never going to get led. We are, as we are talking about our leaders and trying to figure out exactly how we will be led, you've got to figure out not just who your leaders, who you will follow, but how you will follow. How you will trust them. And that if we've prayed about this, if we have put this before God and said, God, we need your help in this time, in this place. Because what's going on is so important that we are, we, we are giving this to you, God. And then God gives us what we need. And all you do is just sit back and criticize. Yeah, the elders are good at taking criticism. They really are. But not when they're not in the room. You hear me? The elders are not very good at getting criticized when they're not in the room. Come talk to them. There's something you think, well, they would, I, I wish they would do this. Go talk to them. Because they don't know unless you tell them. And it sure would be the coward's way out to talk about someone behind their back. Got an amen, didn't I? Sweet. I'm done. I got a nut. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get up next Sunday. Please turn to Titus. Amen. Okay. Well, I guess. But Paul saw this as a mission because he he saw it as more important. Look where he goes. Chapter two. He says, we're all, we're doing this. All because he spends Titus chapter 1 saying, appoint elders and then teach the old men to be like this and teach um, the young men to be like this, teach the older women to be like this, teach the young women. Well, he doesn't tell them what to do because who knows? He doesn't. I don't know why he doesn't. 
And then he says, teach the slaves to be like this. And then he, he said, and then he says, because what we're doing is so important. What we're doing is so important for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. See, we aren't getting, we don't, we aren't led so that we can get what we want. We are led because the grace of God has been offered to all people. Salvation has been offered to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself of people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. We, as a group, not just the leaders, but we, old men, young men, old women, young women, those of you who can't figure out whether you're in which group. I'll be 35 uh, on Friday. And I'm going to get a candle, one of those sevens and zeros, and I'm going to cut them in half and put them on my cake. Feels weightier. We're, we're all hoping to strive to be what Jesus has called us to be. We're not, we're not trying to be... This is not a country club. This is not some place where we get out of... People, I don't know, I didn't really get much out of that service. Well, whose fault is that? I'm just... You know, I, I could juggle up here and some people wouldn't be. In, I can't juggle. But we are, we are, we can be very selfish beings about church. But church isn't about you. It's about us following God. And in the churches of Christ, because we, this is how we see it in Scripture, we tr- we try to mimic the first century church in a way that, that is helpful to our unity. And we see that they have elders who lead the others. And the Spirit of God is working in our church to consistently uh, have those leaders lead us as they follow Jesus. So if you're at that place where you ain't, you're not going to follow anybody, like everybody messes up, if you're at that place, you're not going to follow Jesus either. We're called to listen to the people who are leading us. And we're called to have leaders who will lead us. Because the stakes are high. The stakes are very high. The kingdom of God is rushing into the world and we want to be a part of the mission of God here at the Mineral Springs Church of Christ. And churches can kind of get sidetracked on that sort of stuff. Talk about issues here or there, like this isn't, this is important. We need to really bear down on this particular point and we can lose sight of the resurrected Savior all the whole, the whole time. So we need leaders who lead us. I need leaders to lead me. And I, you know, I'll, I'll follow 
of Johnny, Eddie, and Todd um, off a cliff. Not literally, but I would, I'd follow them anywhere. I was the kid that whenever mom said, if, they jumped, if everyone jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? And my thought was, well, the body count would be so high, I probably could just step off of it. If everyone did it, I mean, and now I'm your preacher, so good. Uh, but we are, we are needing we are needing leaders like them uh, because this, this church is growing and that's a blessing. But we need we need more people to help lead. And we would like your input on that, too. Um, so put your name down. Put, others, put the names of the men you will follow down and um, put it in our ornate box. You have a couple of weeks. Pray about it. But also, if, if you're not at that place where you're a great follower of anybody, of Jesus, or you want to follow Jesus for the first time, because the power of the resurrection can absolutely shape your life right here and now. If you need anything this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus through baptism, if you, want to, if you need us to pray with you, if you need to repent of something, this is the best place to do it, best time to do it right now while we stand and sing.